Hi, and you're very welcome back to the League of Ireland podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. I'm here with Dean Zambra, co-host, as usual, uh, on our even-numbered podcast, episode 10, as I mentioned in the introduction. Dean, you're very welcome back. Uh, thanks for again. How's things? Great, great. It's been a week of welcome backs for you. Uh, after a couple of games out with injury, you were back on the bench for Longford last night. Uh, delighted to be back involved within the squad, the playing squad on a match night. Yeah, absolutely. I've been working really hard to to be available. Um, one of those niggly injuries that you're not sure how long it's going to be, and you're not sure how right you are, even when you declare yourself, like you know. But I was anxious to get back and even be available and be an option, like so. Obviously, talking to the manager all week and and was trying my best to to be available to him, and I was last night, but um, obviously didn't have to use me in the end. Um, last night, so looking forward to the next game and and hopefully playing a part in that. Yeah, of course, games coming thick and fast at the moment for every club, particularly in the Premier Division, uh, where Longford are this season. Uh, just to get the listener in the point of view of where we are at the moment, we're recording this on Saturday afternoon, so uh, we won't have the results of the Cove Galway game on Saturday evening, uh, but we will uh, be talking about all the games on Friday night, previewing Monday's action with a look forward to Friday as well on the show. You'll probably be hearing this after the Cove Galway game kicks off, though, just to, in case you're wondering why we haven't mentioned the result of that game when you listen to this on Sunday this weekend. Uh, Dean, in terms of, I suppose, what's been going on in Longford for the last couple of weeks, let's maybe start with their game last night. We will, of course, be joined later in the programme uh, by two First Division guests this week. We've been a little bit negligent of the First Division of the league, but given that their weekend is finished, uh, bar that Cove Galway game, which takes place on Saturday evening, uh, we have a better idea of where their league table is. We can talk to them. We're going to be talking to Jamie Hollywood of Athlone, who's welcomed back into the league this year, and Liam Kerrigan, one of the UCD trifecta at the front of the team for UCD, who have been finding the net with ease. 18 goals in six games so far in the first division. We'll be chatting to both of those lads later on in the show. But first, let's take a look at the Premier Division results of Friday night. All five teams in action, starting with the early kickoff. So we might even start with your own clash there. Richmond Park, the venue, at the site of where you were promoted not that long ago, a couple of months ago, just before Christmas. Uh, Pats, of course, your opponents this time. Uh, a bit of a different result, though. Uh, thoughts on the, the game um, last night? Yeah, it was obviously difficult for us. Um, Pats ran out 3-0 winners in the end, but even talking to Stevie O'Donnell after the game, they didn't think it was a 3-0 game. It was never close to being a 3-0 game. Um, we played really well in the first half, you know, better side, well on top. But as the old saying goes, you have to score when you're on top. And really, we could have changed the game by getting a goal in that first half when we were with the better side. Um, came out in the second half and really a soft goal went in against us and and a couple of minutes later you're seeing that fantastic goal from Chris Forrester, a brilliant strike which you can't really do anything about but from our point of view it was two goals in five or six minutes and kind of killed the game then you know and you put in a huge amount of work in the first half and it played well and within a couple of minutes of the second half you, you know the game's nearly over at that point but you know we kept plugging away and had a couple more chances to even get a consolation or get back into the game but didn't come up, you know, Pat's held strong and, and Forrester again scored very, very late in the game, just kind of capitalised on air movements forward and our, our defenders moving forward, trying to score a goal and trying to, trying to get back into the game. And, and he, he capitalised and scored uh, the third goal, which finished it off for them. Like, like I said, wasn't a 3-0 game, wasn't a 3-0 type of performance, but sometimes, you know, when you're not 
picking up results, those things can happen and go against you. So, you know, we need to move on to the next one and, and try and correct the, the issues from Friday night. Yeah, I think looking at the even the the, the statistics from the game, uh, the fact that it was scoreless at the break, Pats had rested a few of their their bigger names like Sirona Coughlin, John Mountney, Ian Birmingham, all on the bench, uh, but all employed into the game uh, between the half hour or between the half time break and the the hour mark. Uh, and that was really the when they won the game. Their introduction, Coughlin scores within a minute or two at the start of the second half, and and then as you mentioned, Forrester is absolute. Belter, Belter uh, some phenomenal video of that uh, circulating as well. Um, it's it's a bit of a sucker punch. Haven't played so well for forty five to to see it evaporate so quickly in the start of the second half. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, you put in a huge amount of work, and like I said, really, you, you need to score when you're on top to change the emphasis of the game. Then you know, and um, obviously, Stevie made a couple of changes for them to to, to change the emphasis, um, get them back in the game, get them playing a little bit because. I think we'd shut down what they were trying to do, you know. And, um, yeah, they scored, like, like I mentioned, a, a quite soft goal that we're disappointed with and then a, a brilliant goal. So, you know, in the space of a couple of minutes, they've turned the game and, and probably won it, uh, as you mentioned, with those couple of changes that, you know, got them a couple of goals. Yeah, and then, of course, the other early kickoff on Friday evening, uh, same time as yourself, 5.45. We're getting used to those times now. Uh, Drogheda won, Sligo Rovers won. Uh, kind of the tale of two blunders, maybe, two goalkeeping mishaps, uh, which we're seeing a lot of this season. Um, Ed McGinty caught out for a long ball into the box that he just did, got nowhere near Chris Lyons with a relatively straightforward tap-in uh, before Johnny Kenny again pouncing a Colin McCabe mistake to round him and stick the ball in the back of the net for his second senior goal. That's two goalkeeping errors for the, both of those goals, but he's been in the right place at the right time. Um, your thoughts on, on on that game? I know you probably didn't get to see much of it. Yeah, I didn't see a huge amount of it, just seeing a couple, uh, yeah, the goals and the highlights, but... Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned a couple of goalkeeping errors and we've seen it kind of around the league. And actually, a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that the standard of goalkeeping is very high and there's a lot of good goalkeepers. Most teams have probably two that they would consider very good. Some teams have three. And maybe that's playing into it a little bit, you know, that, you know, just no definitive number ones. You know, it could be a psychological thing, as we mentioned with the position. So I don't know whether that's going on it kind of within the goalkeeping um fraternity around the around the league you know but um as you mentioned for johnny's goal like he, he's pounced on another mistake and you know it's a great way to start off your career if you can you know get a couple of goals kind of relatively soft aren't they like you know but um it just shows he's sharp and you know he's aggressive and he's looking for those errors and um if he can build on that then going forward you know he, he has a bright career ahead of him and then chris Lyons, the other uh, beneficiary like chris was the same against us uh, benefited from a, a little bit of an error and, and and scored a goal like but um i think the strikers are capitalizing on the mistakes and punishing the goalkeepers you know so it looks a little bit worse for the goalkeepers but overall it was probably a, probably a reasonably fair result um i don't think either side done a huge amount uh, more to kind of win the game so and probably not too uh, unhappy either both both managers with, with a point from that one yeah absolutely I suppose talking about goalkeeping errors and Johnny Kenny's first goal of the season was against uh, Finn Harps and they had another issue they kept Shamrock Rovers at bay they had a really solid performance I watched most of the game last night really solid performance for 70-75 minutes and then another issue 
came out for cross. Mark Anthony McGinley uh, found um, the back of the net, unfortunately, rather than his hands, and uh, just wasn't to be. That was Roy Gaffney, of course, capitalised there. Sean Hoare adding another one with 10 minutes to go. Uh, Rovers, they're grinding out results without really managing to play well. Is that the sign of, of kind of champions or potential champions in the league? Yeah, 100%. I mean, they've done exactly the same against us. Probably a game that we played really well in and should have at least got a point. A um, couple of, you know, obviously we thought poor refereeing decisions on that occasion, got the, got the two goals for, for overs. But uh, last week they drag it out against Bowes. This week, again, they keep plugging away and plugging away and plugging away and they get, you know, go to a tough place in Finn Harps and get a couple of goals and still come away with three points. And as you can see, they're on that run now of 30 games unbeaten. So, you know, you really can't, you can't say anything other than good stuff about Rovers because they are grinding out, they are winning games, they are getting the points on the board. And I think everybody's just waiting for them to to pick the performance levels up a little bit, probably themselves too. And I'm, I'd say they will kind of start winning the games even more comfortably if they can just gel that you know new core of players together again. But it doesn't bode well for everyone else that they're not playing especially great and still winning the games. Yeah, one side, of course, who have managed to find that little bit of form in the last week or so is Dundalk. And they ran out fairly comfortable winners down in the RSC, 3-0 in the end. Uh, goals from all over the place. Uh, Mickey Duffy hit a, a cracker just uh, on 46 minutes. But Chris Shields, a penalty just before the break. And Andy Boyle, the first one. I've done them in the reverse order. I don't know why. But uh, just reading them on the list here in front of me. But a good, solid performance from Dundalk. Um, never looked like losing this game, always in control, more like the Dundalk we're used to seeing in the Premier Division over the last seven or eight seasons. Yeah, it was, like I said, exactly what we're used to seeing, comfortable win, 3-0, you know, a couple of goals, a couple of decent goals in there as well, like from their point of view. So, um, you know, they'd be really, really happy. That's, you know, four unbeaten now, two draws and two wins, so to gain a little bit of momentum, um, actually, since the management team moved on, they've probably just free focused themselves a little bit more. Like maybe it's made it easier in the players. I'm not sure. Like in within the dressing room, but they're not. Uh, they don't seem to be as erratic as they were at the start of the season, and that probably goes to the fact that they brought in a lot of players and they're getting a little bit more time with each other on the training pitch and seeing each other a little bit more on 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 the pitch. You know, so um, yeah, I, I expect them to keep moving up. You know, whether they can bridge the gap to get into the title race we'll see but it's it's still very early on still three rounds of games to go um after monday's you know final round of games in the in the in the opening round so you know they'll they'll be looking to push on and and get into those those higher places those european places for definite yeah the reality is there's still more games left in the premier division than there is in the entire first division season so uh, there's nothing given out yet and we've seen i suppose dundalk themselves come back from bigger gaps to, to turn over results in recent seasons. So uh, I wouldn't be writing off anybody just yet. I, I have been very impressed by Wilfred Zahibo. He came off on, last night, um, midway through the, the game, but he just looks a, a lovely level above. Like he, he played all by the last 15 minutes, but he just, he seems to be a, a good control and influence in that midfield. Yeah, I haven't seen a huge amount of him, but, you know, the pedigree seems to be there. He seems to be, you know, very good athlete, good player, you know, that way, big presence in there as well. Like, and they probably were missing something in the middle of the park and, and they seem to have found it. Um, we're obviously going to see him Monday night, whether he plays or not. But um, yeah, you see, they, they've been looking to add more and more players and kind of, you see the press releases of players coming in and over the last few months, I don't think anyone's known who they're going to get or where they're going to get them from. 
but uh, this looks like a, a good player for them, so I expect them to do well well this season for for Dundalk. Yeah, and of course, uh, the last game from the Premier Division this weekend, or at least on Friday night, uh, played so far. Uh, the top scorer in the league, obviously, you'd expect them to get two goals to win it for Derry in the end. Um, but you wouldn't expect it to be Cameron McJanet. I think even he wouldn't expect himself to be sitting on the top of the top scorer's table from centre half. It's a strange situation, but Derry seemed to have really kicked on uh, in the last couple of weeks since the arrival of Rory Higgins. It's given them that little bit of an impetus that I suppose the club were looking for with appointing a new manager. Um, two wins under his belt from two games. He hasn't really put a foot wrong, despite not really getting into the game against Bowes the other night. Uh, they had it at the end and, and they snatched it with probably some sloppy defending from Bowes. Yeah, and it's pretty. It's the beauty of of the game, really, isn't it? Because they probably looked at a handful of their first few games and said we didn't really deserve to lose all of these or or most of these. And Rory's come in. I'm imagining he hasn't changed a huge amount compared to what Decky was doing. Even the team selections not not all that different, but they just have something a little bit extra. Maybe it's a five or ten percent that they found, and even a little bit of confidence. Then, like you know, they uh, they got the win pre- uh, previous week against Sligo and coming back from one down in Daily Mount and, and got two goals. And like you said, uh, Cameron McJanet getting both of them. And, you know, sometimes that's all it takes, just a, a little bit of luck, a ball falling your way or a bounce of a ball and you get a win and then, you know, you kick on. So, you know, they'll be they'll obviously be delighted. Yeah, I suppose from Bo's point of view, it's not the first time they've, they've kind of let games get away from them at home against perceived weaker opposition in the league this season so um they'll be disappointed i think keith long um i suppose it's very hard to ask you what keith long's going to do in this current situation but if you were in his shoes what would you be doing yeah i think keith would be a bit perplexed at what's going on like they played really well last week and you know i think most people thought it was an extremely soft decision that went against them and they ended up losing that game you know against rovers um, again, they didn't look watertight at the back, letting in the two two soft really goals against Derry, and they end up losing two one. As you mentioned, they let in two against ourselves late on the game and dropped a two 0 lead that time. So yeah, I'm not sure what Keith's going to do, but I know Keith and and Trevor will be working really hard with the players. Still, some very good players there as well, and they're probably just going to have to keep plugging away and plugging away and plugging away for now, and and hope they get like as mentioned with Derry the break of a ball or something goes their way and they get a big result that can kind of start the momentum for them. Yeah, of course they drop points to Sligo as well, haven't been level uh, late into the game. In terms of the league table, um, it looks great for Pats and Shamrock Rovers. Southwest Dublin is all over that twenty points each from their opening eight games. Sligo in third on fifteen points after their draw with Drogheda, who themselves are level on eleven points uh, with Finn Harps in fourth and fifth place. Dundalk moving up the table nine points from their opening eight games. Bowes and Derry, who've moved off the bottom of the table with their victory in Daly Mount over Bowes, uh, both share seventh place, eight points between them, one goal in terms of goal difference separating them. Waterford in ninth on six points. Uh, and unfortunately, from your point of view, Dean Longford, bottom of the table, fifth. Uh, what's the mood like in the camp uh, after, I suppose, the result last night? Yeah, look, it's never nice to slip down towards the bottom of the table. Still extremely early, like, We've got three rounds of games to go, and obviously the fixture on Monday night that completes this round. Um, try not to look. You know, we didn't look after the first game when we when we won, and we got our three points on the board. Um, we're not really paying all that much attention to. We're just trying to correct some of the issues we're having. Like, um, 
probably 85, 90% of the performances are really, really good. And it's just um, those 5 and 10% which really make up the difference, especially in the Premier Division. You know, a couple of errors that we've made have been punished and just maybe lacking a little bit of quality in the right areas to get ourselves goals. And as we all know, goals change games. If we can get our nose in front in a couple of these games, we probably win them. Um, but we haven't managed to. And, you know, we've we've surrendered a couple of soft goals then as well. So just keep working on it. Um, we don't think we're far away at all. And, you know, we, we have faith in the process here that we're, that we're going through. And we think that it's not going to be long for the, the tire turns for ourselves. And like I mentioned with Derry, like I mentioned with Bowes, especially in this league, it can be just something, you know, unusual, a bit of luck, something goes in off somebody and you end up winning the game and that just starts a little bit of momentum for you. So, you know, that's what we're looking for kind of moving forward. Yeah, we'll take a look at the fixtures for Monday and for next Friday and the weekend um, later on in the programme. Uh, casting our eye down towards the first division where, of course, our two interviews come from this week on the show. Athlone and UCD, both of them will be mentioned uh, extensively through the show. We're going to be talking to Jamie Hollywood and Liam Kerrigan, as we mentioned at the top of the show in just a couple of minutes. But looking down through the four games played last night, UCD, of course, the standout result. Um, we talked to Liam about... Two goalkeepers sent off for Wexford, one in the first minute of the game. Game effectively over as a contest once they scored from the resultant free kick. Um, <clears throat> we'll probably chat to Liam about that. We'll also talk to Jamie about the uh, Athlone Town Cabinetilly game. We won't dwell on them right now. Your old club, Bray Wanderers, in action against Cork City. Nil-nil the final score there. What can you say about, I suppose, the game in the first instance, but also um, how far Cork have fallen in the last couple of months? It's It's been a tough watch to see them fall from where they were maybe 18 months, 24 months ago uh, to the, the lower reaches of the first division. Yeah, obviously they've kind of dwindled down and the doldrums to the first division now as well. So I think they knew it was going to be a big rebuild after Neil Fenn left. Um, I think they were hoping Neil Fenn would keep them up and develop that style of football that he had with Longford. But, you know, there was an investment there and, and they seemed to kind of overstretch over the couple of years that they were chasing Dundalk. So... They've had to rebuild and they're probably going to have to do it from the ground up and they've scaled back a little bit here. A lot of young players, very, very hard to win in the league with a lot of young players. So, you know, it's a it's a difficult start, but they're not they're not terrible. You know, they've got some good players there as well. They're holding their own. They've picked up a couple of points and a couple of good draws. So they'll look to kick on. Um, still the first round of games, as we mentioned. So, you know, let's see where they are, you know, a little bit later in the season. You know, from Bray's point of view, I think Gaz will be a little bit more disappointed uh, they seem to be the draw specialists at the moment, five of the six games, and having done reasonably well last year and probably should have, you know, gone up, you know, with a couple of games to go in the season. I thought they would have done a little bit better. But again, they're not not in a terrible, terrible position either. You know, it doesn't take a lot to turn those draws into wins. And I'm sure that's what Gaz is preaching to the squad. A lot of the lads they got in was very late in the day as well. So probably still just trying to find their feel a little bit and you know, you'd be hoping to kind of pick up three points more than one going forward now. But Shell's treaty, what a cracker. Um, it was a kind of a dull enough encounter up until about the 86th, 87th minute. And then it just all went nuts. Three goals in, in the last few kicks of the game and treaty pulled it out of the fire with a, an injury time win, or equaliser having looked like they'd thrown it away. Yeah, it was a 98-minute equaliser, wasn't it, in the end? But um, yeah, cracking game or cracking excitement at the end of the game anyway, you know, and I've seen Tommy's interview after and he was, you know, he, he looked like he'd been, he'd been through a marathon, let alone a game. But um, 
uh, they're doing really well, Treaty. Like, they're really competitive. Again, we spoke to Tommy earlier in the season or just before the season started, and he brought in a couple of lads that he thought would help them be competitive, and they've been brilliant. They haven't they haven't lost. You know, they won a couple of games. For the majority of that game, they looked like they were going to win it as well. And uh, in fairness, he did mention that Chelsea had, had a lot of chances and probably deserved something. But to get two goals, and then Chelsea look like they're going to win it, and then Treaty go up the other end and score. And I just I think it shows you the unpredictable nature of the league in general and w- what you can get. And I think it really shown what you've got in Treaty there, which is a team that's never going to give up. And they, you know they've made a great start to life in the in the league of Ireland. I think that for me is the big thing. They'd scored early on in the late in the first half, Kieran O'Hanlon had put them 1-0 up, and then it was the 90th minute Shell scored, looked like they'd rescued a point. Six minutes later, in injury time, a Yo-Yo Maddy scored for, for Shelburne. And I think everybody would have assumed that was game over, that so late in the game, you're never going to come back from that before Clyde O'Connell came out and stuck the ball in the back of the net. And they just sent now, it was a small crowd in, in um, Talca Park last night, but I saw some video footage of it and it just looked it looked amazing. It looked like real League of Ireland, one of those big, big moments. Treaty still haven't been beaten in the league. They're only yeah. new, but they've never lost a game in the League of Ireland. That's kind of pretty impressive for a team that's probably got one of the smallest budgets in the league. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, is there any kind of record there? I'm not too sure, so I'm not, I'm not suggesting there is, but, you know, six, seven games in and they're, you know, they haven't been beaten and they, they look strong and they look competitive and that's what that league is. It's just about being competitive, being dogged, being hard to be and you never know where it could take you. You could end up being, you know, one of those playoff teams and and like much like ourselves last year, we played really well for three games and got promoted and it could be something like that. You just never know. You never know and I'm sure Tommy wouldn't be happy with us kind of projecting that they might be in the playoffs or might be winning the playoffs come the end of the year because he want to keep things uh, low key but there's just no reason why not you know they're they're very very dogged they're hard to beat and if they can keep that rolling like teams won't want to play them yeah and I think I think Tommy's underrated as a coach and as a manager I think uh, people look at what he did with Limerick uh, in the last two seasons he was down there and it's very hard to say he did well because the results weren't phenomenal but given the turmoil that was happening off the pitch for those two years what he pulled out of the hat every year was just phenomenal every week to be getting lads who weren't getting paid, who were had other issues with the club, who weren't being looked after from a medical point of view. And he kept that ship together for probably a year and a half longer than it really deserved to be. And don't forget, he put this Treaty United team together in less than a week, a handful of days. We talked on the show about it earlier on. And I think it's I think he's probably already for me, regardless of how the season goes, what what's happened so far, he's in with a shout for manager of the season in the first division already just yep. based on, on how competitive he's made that team so quickly. But I think Tommy is someone, he's obviously well-versed in the game. He's been involved at all levels, himself as a player and as a manager. And I think he's uh, highly underrated in terms of what he's achieved uh, within the game in the last couple of seasons. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, how they cope. Will they have the strength and depth to sustain a, a playoff push? Who knows? Yeah. But I'm really enjoying watching it as it's developing. Uh, let's get into the interviews and then maybe we take a trip down to, I suppose we go in order of position in the league table. And we start with Jamie Hollywood and have a chat with him about his season and his return to the league with Athlone Town. Now Athlone have been flying high in the first division so far this season, taking now a bit of a blip last night with defeat to Cabin Teeley. And we're joined by uh, their midfielder, Jamie Hollywood. Jamie, you're very welcome to the podcast. Lads, how's things? Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. Um, I suppose we've got to start with how's the season been so far? Despite last night's blip, 
it's got gone pretty pretty well for Athlone so far this year. Yeah, we've put in a lot of good performances and and have taken a lot of good results. Um, so we we've been happy with the start. You mentioned last night was was kind of a tough one to take. We dominated large periods of the game, probably created enough chances to win two or three games. But like any games, Dean, I tell you, games that you're playing that the ball just doesn't go in for you. So um, we kind of felt ourselves playing in one of them games that took an own goal as well to get us on the score sheet. And so we had about five or six one-on-ones and kind of strong, full chances that we, we didn't really capitalise on. So if you don't take your chances, we kind of, you don't get, deserve to get much out of the game, so, in which we didn't. Uh, we talked to Adrian at the start of the season and he kind of tempered expectations a little bit just with the likes of Galway and Shells and that in the league. Are you a little small bit surprised, pleasantly surprised by how well it started and, and the fact you are top of the league? Yeah, well, look, we kind of set our own pressure, set our own demands um, to go out and we didn't fear anyone going into any game. We we weren't the likes of, we went to Cork and we, we welcomed Galway um, at home and we weren't going in we were underdogs on paper, but we felt that we could we could go toe to toe with anyone, and, and which the results kind of showed that. And um, the lads have kind of drove off just being being under that bit of pressure, and 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 kind of going from game to game and just looking at one game as it comes. So, in terms of expectations, we're kind of just taking it at each game to come and knowing that we're we don't really need to fear anyone that we can um, we can match everyone in the league, and we've been doing all right so far. Yeah, I think Dean touched on it because Adrian did kind of say like they weren't really sure where they were going to be. They going felt to be more competitive. In terms of, I suppose, what was being said behind the scenes, uh, we know what we heard publicly, but was there a, a more definite kind of objective from the start to to be in that this position, your top of the league, despite last night's defeat? Um, kind of a meeting. That we we all obviously try to set out goals for for the start of the season and um. All of us as players kind of mentioned that we we, we want to get um, definitely into the playoff spot and look at anything above that is a bonus. So um, targets are still set. We're still we're still setting targets, but really we're focusing on now on a weekly basis. Is it's just each game, um, but just we we touched on at the start of the season was we'd have playoff ambitions and and I think you probably asked any team um, their goals for the season the way they strengthened up that they would be searching for. Um, will be a playoff spot. The fact is, there's a few there to try clinch um, come the end of the season. So that was really that was really it then at the start. You know, Jay, from being with Longford, like we obviously played good football, had good footballers there. I think the thing we were probably missing at the time was kind of leaders and characters. Do you think there's enough of that in that at Lowen dressing room? Like that, you know, we obviously have good players there, you know, talented players, but is there enough on the kind of other side of things to to drag you through a you know a tough first division season there? Um, yeah, I think we, we've a, we've a kind of good mix and um, a good blend. As I said, it's only early days now, but you can kind of see the the experienced lads, the likes of um, Slings and Goal, and you've Cordis Bournes being around, and um, even Yvedo Freel there as well. Um, that lads that would would kind of are, are pulling, um, making a lot of decisions, and and showing a good bit of leadership qualities, and then even the young lads that wouldn't be wouldn't have as many games under their belt, but they still have been in experienced dressing rooms and like being in dressing rooms like with yourself, Connor Kenna, Polly O'Connor, um, yeah. lads like that where I think people individually have, have brought a lot together, like, you know, and like to feel draw the lads that have been in good dressing rooms um, with a lot of experienced players. So I think everyone's kind of bringing their own um, qualities and, and own experience to the table, 
which although it mightn't be as much as others, I think we've we've a nice blend there that maybe when push comes to shove that hopefully we do have enough to kind of bring us through and, and push us on even further. It's been a very settled side at Athlone this year. Uh, is that really probably part of the reasons to why you've managed to stay so consistent? Because it's it's more or less the same 11 players on the pitch for virtually all of every game so far, bar one or two little exceptions. Yeah, well, we, we kind of, like every team, we mix around the pre-season and um, different shape and, and trying to get as many minutes um, as you can in the belt. I think, I think it's fair to say that we didn't know what our, what our strongest 11 was. Um, and it happened that we, we he went obviously we had to go at one against UCD and, and yeah, we had a strong performance and we could have won it, ended up we could have lost it as well. So we ended up drawn, but then didn't really give manager a reason to change it. And then we just went on and, and, and got good results from there. So it kind of just fell into place nicely. Um and the performance have been good from all of us. So there's a lot of good lads that, that haven't been getting in that are on the bench as well, chomping at the bit to try to get in. Um and, and they've just been unlucky with 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 the amount of kind of good performances that we've had, um, and like you said, one or two little injuries now, people are getting a chance. Um, but again, I think we we've a good kind of strength and depth that we when we deal with injuries that people can come in and, and replace them and hopefully not really disrupt the good performances that we've been having. On the score sheet last week, Jay, um, I know when we were at Longford, we didn't set out too many targets for goals from midfield. But um, are you thinking about kind of adding that to your game going forward this year? Have you got a little target in mind for for chipping in with goals? Yeah, look, I've kind of set my own goals each year. I know it's kind of a bit reluctant to playing as a two, like like playing with yourself. The two of us were kind of sitting there, yeah. have to do my glades defending, like you know, the likes of that. So we couldn't really commit too many bodies forward. And um, but look, Edgy gives us the license to play. I, I find myself in the box nearly, nearly every attack with with late runs coming in. So like it'd be great to just just get over, get close to double digits, um, yeah. and it'd be something that I'm kind of hoping to because the chances are there. I think. Um, I do have the license to get forward and like having Daniel McKenna in there playing with me, he likes to sit and push me on. So there's there's no real reason why I, I couldn't be making last week's occurrence more of a regular thing. You spoke about the last minute draw with UCD. Uh, considering how well they've done in some of their games over the recent weeks, this weekend they had a big win in Wexford. They've also had a big score down in Cove. I think they're plus 13 on the on the um, the league table already, which is just huge. Does that make your result in Belfield back in the first day of the season uh, all that little bit more kind of, I suppose, impressive in terms of how uh, it, it would have been taken on the night? Yeah, I think across the board, it's it's had your first game of the season is always going to be a bit scrappy. We probably didn't see the best of UCD. They didn't see the best of us. Um, so I think a draw probably was a fair result at the time. We had chances. like We had a chance in the first 20 seconds to go 1-0. That goes in, it probably changes the complex of the game. Um, but as I said, it's always scrappy and it's always said nobody wants to lose the first game of the season. You want to get points on the board as soon as you can. So... Um, I, st- I think it'll be a different game once UCD come to our place and we, we meet them again. I think it'll be, I think both teams will probably be a bit more expansive and like UCD, I probably find their rhythm as well now and putting up some great numbers, like you know. So, um, we're looking forward to that game. But yeah, no, it is looking. It's it's a great point. We could have we could have easily lost the game. It took us as it was ninety four minute equaliser. So it was great to just get the point on the board and and we've kicked on from then. So, um, but now we we are looking forward to playing them again. Obviously, UCD up the top, but uh, so are Shells, and that's coming up next for you. So, do you reckon, uh, how do you see that game going? It's going to be a big challenge for you. Probably, um, you know, tell a lot about your season going forward. 
how you get on in that game. So he's looking forward to it. Yeah, look, well, we still find ourselves top at the moment. So obviously, a, a loss there would would mean we give up that spot, and it's something that we don't want to do. Like we want to kind of stay there and and put the pressure on others. But it's still early days. Um, look, Shells are a good side. They've a lot of good, experienced players, and there a lot of young lads coming through as well that have heaps of quality. So we know it's going to be a tough game. It's always it is. I don't think I've ever played Shells, and it hasn't been a tough game. So, um, it's hard to go to talk and and get result, but. Again, we don't really fear anyone going into this league. We're going to go with the same same mindset and, and same plan as we we have for um for most of our games. And if we probably whatever cha- changes to be made from from the manager's point of view, um the kind of philosophy still stays the same, and we're still gonna gonna try put our stamp on the game as going into their backyard and hopefully causing a bit of an upset. Yeah, I suppose uh, it's great. I, I think it's great this year in the first division seeing teams that. Are unfancied like yourselves and maybe treaty as well to some extent at getting results that people wouldn't expect but also teams who have started poorly pulling off results against yourselves like cabo last night it really looks to be really really tight in that division how do you see it playing out over the next couple of weeks how much are you even looking at the league table yet it's still very early in the season look as i said like as i mentioned earlier on we're not really focused on on league tables but we want to just keep, and then we find ourselves at the top, but we're just taking one game at a time. And like next week means that we could give up that spot, but we're going to still, we're going to still play, um, to the, just our strengths and and do what we can and control what we can do. Um, but look, it's one game at a time. We're not going to look at. I think every team can take points off any team, so there's going to be slip ups. That we're going to drop more points. We're going to gain more points. There's teams that, I think Wexford have found themselves unfortunate as well to be sitting and they haven't got a point yet, but. They came to our place and caused those problems, and I feel they will definitely cause other people's problems. And again, Cabin Tealy last night turning us over. I just think the quality in the league has kind of come up this year. I think it's one of the toughest, toughest years I've I've seen it now with the the amount of teams, some full time teams, part time teams, but they're all kind of all have a lot of quality in the team in in their own teams. So I just think it's any any <laughs> any team can beat anyone really. Yeah, obviously, just so you touched on there, Jay. When you get into a round of games nearly into the season, you're looking around saying everyone can beat everybody. So, you know, the attitude probably from nearly every club is why not us? You know, there's everyone looked at Chelsea to win the league and, and maybe Galway being a full time team. But I'm sure everybody's thinking why not us in terms of challenging for the title. And then if it doesn't work out, uh, picking up a playoff place after that, there's no reason why it can't be pretty much anyone in the league at this point. No, 100%. As, as you said there, why not? I said, what's the worst thing that can happen is, is teams to fall into the playoff spots. Um, like Treaty have a great, at having a great, they have unbeaten still. So, um, ourselves as well doing well. And look, look, any team we know, every 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 game you're looking at is just no easy games. Um, so just think from everyone's manager's point of view and team's point of view, you have to be on the ball for. And look, the best team does win the league at the end of it. But I don't think in any dressing room in the league that people wouldn't fancy themselves going into a game so it sets up for a great scene anyway to see, to see out the season see how they get on uh, last week on the show with Chris Shields joining us and we talked about the, the playoff final in 2012 where Dundalk won the game survived and went on to do what they've done for the last seven or eight years um, and he talked about maybe the sliding doors moment if they'd lost that game, where would they have ended up? But he talked about how he probably would have ended up maybe a bit of a journeyman around the first division or dropped out of the game entirely. I suppose you've had a little taste of that experience, maybe a little bit over the last 12 months. You were with Longford and Dean down in 2019 
And then you didn't play in the league last year. You went down to play with Crumlin in the Leinster Senior League. Um, some would argue there's not much difference in the standard. What was your experience, I suppose, in terms of that drop down to the intermediate ranks and, and where it fits into the whole scheme of things? Yeah, I really enjoyed my time there. I was able to get a lot of games in, which I, I feel like I needed since coming back um, from my injury. After I was out for, for six or seven months, I felt like I just needed to go and play games and get the kind of match fitness back. Um, Crumlin's very professional um, and, and everything that they did it was, it was great to kind of kind of keep that commitment levels up but at the same time I still missed the still missed the Friday night lights still missed you know probably people t- probably think I'm mad but still missed that level of commitment that was travelling for um, training sessions three or four nights a week and, and going around the country and playing and playing against teams each week and that was what I kind of missed the most and um, being able to get back into the league, obviously this year, and 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 being doing well is and getting games on the belt again at this level, um, is is just great, and I'm happy to happy to be here. Was that always the plan? Have you been kept in touch with a couple of the managers in the league, or or was it just how, how did it, the Athlone move come about? Um, I was actually I went back in training with Longford for um for in their running with the playoffs, so. I had planned and I was supposed to sign back in the window, but the transfer window kind of fell through. Uh, the transfer fell through for paperwork reasons. So because the Lens and Senior League's um, league hadn't officially ended, I wasn't able to transfer. So I just kept training with them. And obviously, when they went up to the Premier, the likes of Dean, they strengthened up their squad. And I just felt like probably wouldn't play as much games going from into the Premier. So, um, at long, got in touch with myself. And then um, I liked what they had to say. and and there was a great chance there for me to go and get regular game time and 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 compete um in the fourth division again which which I enjoyed playing um with draw to finish up draw and longford I enjoyed playing so I felt like I could I'd more to give um probably an unrealistic move to try the fact when the lads went up into the premier would would, would go there and get games would would have been a bit of a challenge um that maybe was a bit unrealistic so um coming back but look I'm enjoying it now um, and I'm getting game time, which is which is all I really want. Yeah, well, listen, it's great to see you back in the league. It's great to see you at the top of the league as well, although our next guest might have something to say about that when we talk to him in a few minutes. Liam Carrigan from UCD will be with us in a minute. But, Jamie, thanks very much for joining us. We really appreciate you dropping in and kind of filling us in on what appears to be a really good feel-good factor around Athlone at the moment. And... Uh, you're obviously a huge part of that on the pitch as well in recent weeks. Thanks very much. Lads, thanks very much for having me. Best Cheers, Jake. Now, we normally have some Sligo representation in the form of Alan Keane on the show, but this week we're going to have to make do with one of the younger contingent of the Sligo footballing fraternity. He's not playing with Sligo, though. He's playing with UCD, having made the move up there uh, almost two years ago now. Liam Kerrigan joins us on the show. Liam, you're very, very welcome. All right. Cheers for having me. Uh, you're an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, obviously, as I mentioned in the introduction, two years now almost at UCD. It's been fairly pl- uh, bountiful for you. Plenty of goals, plenty of chances, plenty of appearances. Um, how are you enjoying life in Belfield? Uh, it's great, to be fair. Lovely place to be. You have everything at your doorstep. I suppose we live on the campus and about a five-minute walk away from the pitches and the gym. You know, like I don't have a car or anything. I barely leave UCD. Like everything, literally everything is here for me on on my doorstep. Like I said, 
it's uh, you have a, a great style of play there at UCD. Obviously, Andy, you know, encourages you to play and absolutely suits your game. But especially that front three last year, I know you lost Yo-Yo out of it, but you seem to just rotate players in, you know, the next man in line. Like, um, what's the coaching like there, really, that brings that front three to the fore? And we've seen, obviously, you scored a lot of goals already this season as a club. Um, I suppose it's just, it's nearly like getting to know your players that are playing alongside you. Like, all the training is all short, sharp stuff, like focus on technique. And I suppose you do see it on like Friday night that we do try and play most games. And it's like, you know, yeah. some days you have to adapt, but like we try and play and try and link up with each other and keep on the ground and stuff like just trying. I suppose we're always trying to attack. Yeah. I suppose last season we won by big margins. Like a lot of time where we could have conceded a good few, but we nearly just to win our games, we had to outscore them. Like cause sometimes we let in a few, but very open games, I suppose. Yeah. How nice is it to be part of a team that, um, like everyone wants to win when you go out on a Friday night, but just there's something about UCD in recent, maybe in the last decade or so, where it really is seem, seeming to be about developing players and developing a style of play and 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 giving people the the tools to play the game rather than worrying necessarily about the result on a Friday night. Yeah, it's like you just play with freedom. Like you're not afraid to try stuff. You're trying stuff and training all week, every every week. And then I suppose it comes into the game on Friday. Like we, no one's afraid to try things. Like I suppose we've no fans like giving out, no one slating us from a sideline. Like so we are. Like you do have the confidence to do things that maybe if there was if you had a few thousand behind you, you'd be thinking, I won't try this in case it doesn't come off and. You might get a bit of stick for it, like you like uh there's nothing quite like a roar from the showgrounds. I suppose tell us about uh, your I suppose your, your roots, Tubber Curry native, obviously, not the first Tubber Curry person to make no. uh, goal scoring in the League of Ireland uh, an art form. Um you've been a Sligo Rovers fan probably since you were able to say the word Sligo Rovers. Uh there's some great photos of you as mascot with Raf Kataro, obviously, who I'm talking about. Um Talk to us about, I suppose, the route into the game and how you found yourself been offered the opportunity to go to UCD uh, two seasons ago. Um, I suppose I started with Real Tober and my dad took the teams. Like I suppose we had no managers, and he was the one who had to step in. Like and then you had your Sligo Leitrim with the Kennedy Cup squad and all, and then eventually for that short season of the under 17s, I think we took a different approach to it then other teams we only signed players who were born in 99 and 2000 even though 98 could play so it was a development season straight away like and then the next season we were ready to go when the longer seasons came in and we I suppose I had great coaches all the way up like Niall Harrison, Jinxie, Danny O'Leary, then Dinky at 19s and Raf was in with the 19s and Johnny Dunleavy like you have your people looking after you like straight away and then was into the first team I've had a few managers but all managers who would be looking to bring in younger players and looking after us I suppose as well. Obviously UCD is a great place to kind of learn your trade and get games senior games but um, it's usually a stepping stone to kind of bigger and better things like do you have ambition to kind of go on play across the water or play full-time professionally like after after you leave UCD? Yeah definitely like that is the goal like I'm I have my degree, like it was always a thing my mother was on to me the whole time for the degree, like that education, like I have to get an education as well because football won't be there forever. Like I suppose the percentage of players who 
really make a living out of that they never have to work again is very low mm -hmm. so that was always like she had that sort of drilled into me but definitely would like to continue with football after like in a full-time maybe in across or anywhere really just I would like definitely like to play full-time for a few years anyways yeah academics was always one of your strong suits I remember um spending a bit of time with you one afternoon uh posing a few maths problems yeah, it was really boring, but um, some of the lads just threw the eyes of the head and they really couldn't handle it. I remember Luke McNicholas, maybe Niall Moran as well. Uh, they tried but failed, but you got your head around it and and you were really good at the puzzles and the kind of the those things. So you're obviously a bright boy as well. What are you studying? Uh, commerce. So I suppose a bit of business, a few, bit of maths in it. Well, in terms of, I suppose, what you might have picked up in those couple of years studying, I know it's a bit of a strange situation because you're not really in college. You're, it's, a lot of it's been done remotely. But um, when you look at the, the League of Ireland as a business or a League of Ireland club as a business, where would you think, um, and I realise I'm putting you on the spot here now, it's not an impromptu quiz, I like doing this to you, uh, but where do you see maybe some simple changes that could potentially be made within the league to, to help everybody, whether it's from a financial point of view or a profile point of view? I definitely, I suppose lately, a lot of clubs have been good on the marketing side. And um, like you can see, there's Instagram pages, Facebook pages, even TikTok pages now, that's the new thing. Like, And they're definitely good on that side of things. I just think maybe I like to... Personally, I'd be on the money side of things. I'd like to look after that. That's what I would like to do after college. Like, like not well, not accounting. I do find that difficult enough. But maybe taxes or something like that. But I don't really, I don't really know how the clubs work. But that would be the more I'd be more interested in rather than the American stuff. Yeah, I suppose Conan Byrne came out of that kind of world in UCD. He ended up as a, a development officer in Sporting Fingal, I think, uh, back in the day. Um, in terms of, I suppose, the, the next couple of weeks, UCD, you're hot in the heels of Athlone. They slipped up last night. Uh, you're closing that gap at the top of the table. Um, we might talk about the game last night because it was a strange one. Like, I don't like criticising referees, but and uh, handball in the first minute of the game goalkeeper gets sent off then his replacement gets sent off before the hour mark it was never really a contest was it uh, i was it was a weird one now to be fair i've never seen two keepers sent off i don't think i was texting my father and he was reckoned he's never seen it either like you know you've seen i think rio ferdinand went and goals one time but normally it's for an injury and a red card maybe but i'd never seen two keepers sent off but i suppose there was straight away like they were like i think it was literally the first minute like first nearly kick of the game and like straight away you knew like it's not going to be sort of good for them because what you meant to do with 10 men for 90 minutes of a game like it's your up, backs up against the wall straight away how close were you to the to the incident Liam did you did you um, think outside the box I think he was outside the box but I, I I don't know the rules on it that whether it should have been a yellow or a red like I was but I was surprised. Like, I did think it was outside the box time, like I was claiming it anyway. But yeah, yeah. When I seen the red card, I was a bit shocked myself, but I actually don't know the rules on it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I have to be honest, I'm not au fair with it myself. But he, he I, I, did he hand it outside the box? You can't really tell from the video, is the, is the short thing. But yeah. like, I think it was only a goal scorable opportunity because the defenders left it to him. I think the defenders yeah. were all like, I just, the whole situation. I don't know, a bit of common sense, yellow card, free kick, 
continue the game probably would be best, but who are we to say the, the laws of the game? In terms of the actual, uh, I suppose you, you can only be what's, what's put in front of you. So as a team, what do you do? You're two minutes in, a player up, a goal up. How do you motivate yourself to kind of keep the the, the foot to the mat and, and get that 6-0 result at the end of the day? Um, you knew straight away after the goal, like, you know, you'd be celebrating, but everyone knew, like, you can't get complacent here because you've seen it before, like, early red cards, teams can just slip up, like, they're the games where you can't slip up. So it does take a lot of concentration, and I suppose it took us a while to get the second one. Like, we probably weren't moving it quick enough in the from until the second goal, I suppose. We weren't probably weren't moving the ball quick enough or doing the right things, but I suppose eventually we got our heads around it nearly that we do have to we can't like take the foot off the pedal here or you possibly could get turned over like even though you were a man up for 90 minutes in terms of the season uh going forward Liam as well um have you set out a target of what you kind of think you can achieve here I know like a lot of people talk about shells a lot of people talk about like the investment that loan have made Galway being full-time and I said to Brefney on a on the previous podcast like never write off UCD because I seen it a couple of years ago when UCD went and won the league. Like, do you do that in the dressing room? Do you set out a target to win the league, or is it just about being as competitive as possible? Um, I suppose this year, like the league, the standard of it is mad. Like, it's so many good players. But I suppose we're looking at it like thinking, especially now, like it's so tight already. Like, I think it's going to be like that for the year. So you're thinking, why can't we win the league? Like, and literally anyone could win it from nearly top like top six seven eight clubs nearly like I don't know you couldn't you couldn't put money on who'd get playoffs or who'd win the league at this stage anyways so you do be thinking like obviously you take every game at a time but you do be thinking why why couldn't we like yeah, in terms of I suppose the the, the league and, and how competitive it is at the top there, um, UCD like thirteen goals of a positive goal difference already, eighteen goals scored only six games. What is it about the way you play and and I suppose how you t- approach the game as a team that allows you to go and do that, or is it just down to having a couple of really really class players, including yourself, obviously, uh, at the top end of the pitch? I uh, I think it's the style of player really. I think like the way we play sort of suits all our players nearly and like everyone in UCD like they do like keep ball on the ground play channel sort of thing like we and then obviously we've column up front who literally if you give him one chance you're nearly guaranteed a goal like it's crazy how how easy you nearly find space and just hits back in that like you have a treaty coming up this week Liam um, I'm sure Andy get does a lot of prep work with you on, on all the games but uh, how you prepare for a team that like haven't been in existence so far? I know you'll know some of the players because they've been around the league, but what sort of prep work are you expecting for that game? They've been extremely dogged so far this season and, and made it really hard for the teams they played yeah. against. Um, I'd imagine the same same every week. Like you just sort of look at teams and see where can you where do their goals from come from? Where do the goals against come from? Like you try find something, but they're not conceding many goals and. They're going very well. And I think they're level on points with us now and they're unbeaten as well. So I'd yeah. say it's going to be a tough game like for both teams. And then we've until the break, we have four really tough games. Like uh, I think we're playing four, three of the top four anyways 
including yeah. ourselves. Obviously. Yeah, you're playing, you're playing so shells in three shells. weeks, and you've got we've Treaty got and, and Cork in the next week. Yeah, and Athlone after shells. Athlone yeah. before. Yeah. So, like, until the break, it's going to be four very tough games. Like, every game's tough. But you'd imagine, like, when Athlone are top, shells are and Treaty are nearly in and around us, and Cork are going well now at the moment as well. So, yeah, in terms of, I suppose, the experience of being at UCD, a lot of people kind of have this perception of UCD being, I suppose, a, a really young squad and a young dressing room. But you've had that experience of spending maybe a year or two in, in a standard senior, like mid-table dressing room in the, in the Premier Division with, with full-grown men, 28-year-olds, 30-year-olds, likes of Dave Cole, even Raf, uh, he won't mind me saying it, but he was closer to 40 than 30 in terms of, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Raf, in terms, but like you've been in that dressing room with, with men uh, and now you've gone back to probably been one of the older ones in that dressing room despite only being 20 years of age. How does that work and how does that dynamic work uh, when you move probably up to that level and then back down to a kind of a your own age group again uh it is strange at the time i suppose like i'm 20 and i'm probably nearer to the oldest than the youngest at this stage which is like crazy when you think about it. like i'm probably one of the most experienced on team and i i don't think i, I might just about have 50 games like so it is weird enough but i suppose so once again it comes to that freedom like young people come in they like you don't really play with fear so it probably benefits like say having no older fellas like you don't i suppose you can look up to older fellas as well but like you can be sort of intimidated at the same time like i know it's dog eat dog in football like and whereas here like it's as you said it's like development but we're trying to win and the playing with the freedom really stands to us yeah, I suppose in terms of uh, the, the locality in the northwest here where I am at the moment, uh, we better ask you the question, will that future that you talked about uh, potentially be in the bit of red or is that something that has come up in your own thoughts yet? Uh, it hasn't, nothing nothing yet, but we shall see. One of them ones, isn't it? That's the only answer I can give you. <laughs> Yeah, and finally, before we let you go, we're running out of time here, but uh, we had Jack Keeney, obviously a teammate of yours. You both moved, made that same move at the same time. You've played together the whole way up in Sligo and now at UCD. Um, he described getting a couple of weeks um, ahead of you, maybe up at the time, um, and he said that uh, he was like a father figure to you and Paul Doyle was a father figure to him. Yeah. What's it like playing with your grandfather in the middle of midfield? <laughs> two two boys looking after me now. Um, that. He um he he learned the ropes that in that two weeks and straight away I'm just following him around nearly uh, and Doyler too fair looked after us got us uh, spot in the house got us like he had the care bring us everywhere and also two boys looking after me. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to be the baby of the of the situation at times. Uh, Liam, thank you so much for dropping in. Um, the very best of luck to you uh, this weekend as you take on uh, another challenge in the in the first division. But I'm sure no more than any other game this season, you'll be hitting it up to the front and putting goals past whatever uh, defence you come up against this year. No pressure. Yourself and Colm, uh, we're expecting big things off you this year. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. No Cheers, Liam. Two lads you'd be well familiar with. Jamie, of course, with your time together at Longford and Liam, I suppose, playing against him in the first division over the last two seasons. Uh, your thoughts on how well they've started the year? Yeah, UCD have been brilliant. And I said on the podcast, like when we were talking about other teams and some of the high-profile teams in the first division, you can't write UCD off. 
seen them a couple of years ago go and win the league. Um, always free scoring. Just uh, uh, three or four times now they've gone to Wexford and put up big scores. So, and uh, got four a Cove earlier in the year, six again this weekend. So they've they've started really really well, and it's that style of play and that free flowing football and the goals that you know they're actually exciting to watch and they're good to watch. So brilliant from them. And then at Lowen, like much the same. They're um, you know they started really well, top of the league. They'll be bitterly disappointed to lose at home to Cavantili having started brilliantly in the other games but again the nature of the league you just never know when you're going to come against a team that's just going to be stubborn and, and, and stick it to you and that's what happened to them last night but they're still top going into next week's clash with Shells Yeah I think that's what I like about the first division this year is that there's five or six teams very capable of taking points off each other there's probably eight or nine teams but there's five or six that look like they're going to be competitive at the top end of the table this season long way continue it's great to see that actual competition rather than kind of be able to predict with fairly level accuracy in terms of what's actually going to happen Premier Division of course has a full round of fixtures on Monday you're in action yourself Uh, you host Dundalk in Bishopsgate at 5.45 same time as Sligo Rovers and St. Pat's do battle uh, in the showgrounds down in Sligo. Derry and Finn Harps uh, taking part in the Northwest Derby at the traditional time, 7.45 on the bank holiday Monday. Two afternoon games, of course, as well. Drogheda and Bowes at 2, while Shamrock Rovers will host Waterford in Tala at 2pm as well. Your thoughts on those games? Obviously, um, you'll be involved with Longford Dundalk, if selected, of course. Um, what's your own thoughts? You didn't come on last week. Um, are, you, are you are you available for the game? Will you be part of the matchday squad? Yeah, I was available for Friday's game, so that was my first one back from injury, so should be available for selection. Um, obviously, that comes down to Dara and what his decision is for Monday's game. In terms of Dundalk, any bit of fear coming in at all? Haven't seen how they um, have been opened up in the last couple of weeks and really kind of cut loose in, in a couple of games. No, no, don't fear anybody in the league, really. I have played in the league for long enough and... You know, uh, from our point of view, we, we're, we've done reasonably well for the majority, but just kind of those small little decisions or little mistakes kind of going against us. So um, we've got to approach it with, with confidence that we can get something out of the game um, very early in the season yet. So this is our next opportunity to get points. So we've got to do our best to get something out of it. I suppose from your point of view, you'll be looking for the teams just above you in the division and maybe not to get points as well and hopefully pick some up yourselves. Uh, there's a few teams within touch and distance. Water, Waterford, just one point ahead. They make the journey to um, Tala. Uh, unlikely to see them picking up points there the way form has been for both sides. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't write off anybody's chances in, in games, but Rovers look strong. Um, like we mentioned, that they're not probably playing brilliant, but still winning games. So, um, we'd see, you know, can they can they put in the performance to go with the to go with the result this time around? But you know, from our point of view, as you mentioned, it'd be nice if if Waterford didn't pick up because we want to climb above them again. But um, you know, we got to fo- we got to focus on ourselves. I'm sure that's what Waterford's saying as well. They're not looking at Longford or Derry or something. They they'll be focused on their own game against Shamrock Rovers and hopefully making it tough for Rovers. And and they'll they'll probably feel they can get something if they if they play well. Yeah, um, it's going to be a great weekend uh, of football. I'm looking forward to it. What I really like about Monday's fixtures is that they're spread out. You can sit and comfortably watch three games on a bank holiday Monday if you want. I'd love to see more of that across every weekend. Uh, but it is nice to see uh, kind of options this weekend in terms of when you want to watch a game. Um, you might look forward to the following Friday night's fixtures as well, just when we're here. You're out of up to the Brandywell, uh, 5.45 on Friday, while Dundalk and Sligo do battle. I suppose a lot will depend on how Monday goes in terms of what 
approach you take to these or or does it really matter like we hear a lot of we take every game as as on, on its own merits is, yeah. is that really the situation or, or does losing a couple of games kill that momentum yeah, well, like you can't from us, and I'm gonna give you some cliches, but we can't we can't look at Friday because we have a game uh, Monday, and like like you mentioned, um, we can't really start preparing for Friday even until after Monday anyway. So you know, it could be a case that you have a couple of knocks, couple of injuries, possibly a suspension. You never know. Opposition could have a couple of knocks or a suspension. They could change their team a little bit. So even before you get the analysis of how they've played. So, yeah, very difficult to to know like, how you're going to prepare for that one because uh, a lot of it depends on what happens on Monday as well. Then Saturday, there's three games all taking place at 6 o'clock. Waterford, Drogheda, Bowes, Finn Harps, St. Pat's, Shamrock Rovers. Anything there that sticks out? Would you be sitting down to watch one of those games yourself with the evening off? Well, Pat's and Rovers, isn't it? That's going to stick out because uh, top of the table clash and... You know, they played already this season, first game, and, and looked really strong, uh, Pats did. So let's see, um, can they keep it up? Can they keep that momentum going? Can they mount a title challenge here? Because I think everyone's expecting Rovers to kind of pull away. But um, it's been a first good or good first round of games for Pats. Can they, can they kick off the second round in the same vein? Yeah, and then we have a bit of an anomaly when we look at the first division fixtures because Cove and Galway takes place after we record this, but probably before you hear the episode. Um, but there is a full round of games next week. Uh, do you want to maybe put yourself on the line and think, say how Cove and Galway is going to go this evening? Um, it hasn't been a brilliant start for Galway. And we talked to, obviously, James from Cove last week and they were looking at, you know, really making their home games difficult. Um I can see a draw and I know that's sitting on the fence, but you know, it it just feels like one of those games and you know, Galway, I don't know if they've enough to go and win that one and, and Cove are stubborn at home. So, you know, I think it does point to a draw and I know that's probably not exciting for anyone listening, but that's where I see it at the moment. Okay, we'll fly through next Friday's uh, fixtures in the first division. Cabin Teeley, Cove, win, lose, draw. For who? Cabin Teeley. One, one word answer. Cabin Teeley Cove. Um, Cabin Teeley. Galway and Bray. Draw specialist Bray Wanderers. <laughs> Shells and Athlone. Top of the table clash. Really good one here. I think that could be a good game. Trial. Uh, UCD and Treaty. Another top of the table clash. Loads of goals from UCD. Treaty not giving them up, so something's got to give there. Let's see how it goes. And the final game of the fixture list for the first division next week, Cork City versus Wexford. Two bottom sides in the table, uh, one win between them, and that came on the opening night for Cork. So it's been a long while since either one of them have tasted victory. Realistically, how do you think that's going to go? Wexford, of course, two goalkeepers suspended now after two red cards last night. Uh, Tom Murphy's back in nets, it looks. Yeah, it looks like Tom's going to get a chance, and he was obviously very good for him last season. I wouldn't be surprised if Wexford win this one. Just if they got, you know, something from Jack Doherty or one of their their players like that have a little bit of skill or a little bit of momentum there that, that can that can get them something like so. You know, Cork don't seem in a great place at the minute. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if Wexford could win it, but like realistically, you know, you're probably looking. You could be looking at another stalemate there between the two sides. Well, Dean, that's it for the week. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you also to Jamie Hollywood and to Liam Kerrigan uh, of Athlone and UCD respectively for dropping in and talking to us all about what it takes to get to the top of the first division. Something you're well familiar with over the years, Dean, uh, having played in the first division for the last couple of seasons with Langford. Um, 
thoughts on, on the week ahead? What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, obviously looking forward to our own games, but aside from that, I think the the Pat Rovers one is going to be the kind of bigger one at the end of the week and uh, top of the table clash. So that's hopefully that's a good game to watch more than anything and a, and a good showcasing for the league. Yeah, I think at this stage of the season, two teams well clear at the top of the table and even further clear from, from fourth place at the top of the table. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, clash. Um, we may have found a new rivalry uh, unless Dundalk can really put on a, a serious run of form. I think they're the only team in the league that really have the capability to catch either of them at this point in time. But I think we're looking at our top two on Friday night in Tala. It's going to be an interesting game. All right. Dean, thanks very much for joining us uh, to the two lads and to you for listening or watching. Uh, don't forget you can subscribe on wherever you find your podcasts. We're also on YouTube as well if you want to watch us waffling on about the League of Ireland. Dean, we'll chat to you in two weeks. Thanks, Riff.